All right. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly. I almost said fun size, but that's an entirely different show. Today's topic, gentlemen, is there. I'm not do I'm not gonna do it because as soon as I do it, somebody's going to pull the the line. What line? Air Castle. Exactly. I wanted to can, talk this way, Chad. Can we just can we just get it out of the way at the top? I'm because doing we, it if, now. If, if we don't agree, every one of us is going to do it a hundred times. In the next hour, their castle, young Frankenstein, we, Mick Strawn's favorite comedy. And can we just can we just break down that scene and how little sense it actually makes? No, because no, it's, because it's no, yeah. it's no, no, of, because Frankenstein doesn't believe in monsters. He had this whole thing about you can't reanimate life. So do you think somebody who wouldn't believe in reanimating a dead corpse would believe in werewolves? It makes no sense. He just, just comes out of nowhere. No, I disagree. No, I think you're out of your <laughs> mind, Chad. I think you need to be put in an asylum. I'm just doing this because I want Mick to start yelling at us on, in the car while he's listening. Well, to no, this. if we want to start yelling at him, man, the producers is so much better than Young Frankenstein. Have you ever seen Blazing Saddles? Far don't get me started on and don't get me started on silent movie. You really piss him off. You go, life stinks. Mel Brooks master. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, man. That, not Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Never mind, I've screwed this joke up. That's okay. So, hi, Mick. Anyway, we're talking about werewolves. Now, we've discussed werewolves, but we've never dedicated the whole show to werewolves. werewolves. Which I think is a crime. Werewolf. Their castle. God damn no. it, Chad, I can't not not do it. I, James, I can I, you've mentioned this before, but can you explain, because I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Out of all the monsters, Werewolves are my least favorite, but they're your werewolf, favorite. Werewolves they're your are favorite. my absolute favorite. Yes. I Why? don't understand. Hold on. And I actually, it's a probably a, a cross between the mummy and werewolves. Actually, mummy may be the least favorite, but the mummy is always the one they bring back. Why is yeah. the mummy always the big budget adaptation? Yeah, I have no idea. But it's and you know, always and, the mummy. And, you know, for me, when I look at the werewolf, I honestly, I prefer Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's basically the same story. It is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I was I disagree. To get into this. I disagree. And he the just reason. walks off right there. Because <laughs> I disagree. It was episode 206 that I decided I, that I disagree. And why I do I done. do this to myself? I was the reason, done with the a pudgy-faced no, apple Here's John. why it is not the same as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is self-inflicted. And some of the best werewolf stories are not self-inflicted. They, I mean, if you watch The Wolfman, Larry Talbot is just unlucky. He is cursed. He is, you know, he, he those who say their prayers by night, et cetera, et cetera. He is not a terrible human being, yeah, but he becomes, he becomes this monster. Whereas Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, he keeps drinking the potion. So what you're but telling me is the subgenre is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with a curse. That's what you're pitching to the studio circa I, 1940, whatever it is. Well, and werewolf stories are old as time. I mean, the, the Native American mythology has them. Um, when did we go? And, and sorry, so it doesn't, it doesn't work. No, but I mean, it's there. You, you try. Their hey, wolf. Their um, castle. And by the way, I mean, and there's terrible werewolf films. You're not even terrible... saying the line right. It's not there. Well, okay, never mind. Forget it. Oh, you're Keep right. Keep going, Jed. Anyway, no, Jay. Anyway, anyway. No, and, and that's what I think. I think that's why I identify and why I love 
werewolf mythology is because yes you can have that villain that seeks out one that power and they seek it out but you can also just have this poor schlub that's unlucky and i identify with that because I, i'm not lucky things happen to me and i can try my best and it doesn't matter because the world doesn't care and that's why you know vampirism it parallels blood disease it parallels disease but werewolf I think the other reason I find it fascinating is it's one of the most flexible storytelling tools. And I don't mean to discredit those who use werewolf as story because I love werewolf stories. But if you're a vampire, yeah. And and you follow Bram Stoker's rules or, yeah. or the general the I, I won't say Stoker's rules, the general accepted behavior of vampire. You can't go out in the daylight. Yeah, you can't be near a church. You what? can't be near. That's where I hang know. out all the time. And by the way, Bram Stoker's—they could go out in the sun. I know, them. I know. That's why I corrected myself. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of the a lot of the stereotypical that is so basically. Oh, you can't be near holy water. So all I got to do if I'm afraid of vampires is volunteer at a church that has an outdoor cross on the ceiling, like most of them do. And just hang around with uh, water and eat pizza with garlic on it. Oh, I guess I'm safe. Well, in all I, fairness, with a werewolf, all you got to do is stab it with a silver spoon. Well, but do you have I'm one? I'm sorry. Of is there a Ricky Schroeder joke here? <laughs> I was, I was going to say, and then they throw Ricky Schroeder and Alfonso Ribeiro at him. Is that the dad's name? No, Ricky Schroeder was the kid, and then Alfonso Ribeiro was the other little kid. Yeah, oh, I don't you know, know who went on to be in Fresh Prince. Prince. Yeah, no, don't have any recollection Carlton. of it. All I know now is Ricky Schroeder is crazy right wing. But, but no, I, I on, so I think that's what Word. makes it fascinating because you can play with that. It's the same thing as they're besieged by fate or they're questing for power. That same dichotomy that exists, you're somewhere on that spectrum. You have the same thing with how you deal with it. And I think about adaptations like Werewolf by Night. Werewolf, in Werewolf by Night, the comic book, in some of those stories, he knows the transformation is coming. He knows the full moon is coming. So what does he do? He literally builds a place down in the sewers, and before he transforms, he shackles himself in place so he won't hurt anybody. And so, you know, you, and then you have the other side of it, usually the people he has to fight, who, you know, want that power and just want to do destroy and not have to feel guilt because when they're in we're in the mode of the beast they don't feel guilt whereas he feels guilt in advance so he removes himself from the equation by locking himself up i think that's a more interesting story than oh i sleep in a coffin and I come out at night and and you know I, nothing hurts me as long as i don't go near any of this garlic and that doesn't mean i don't like vampire stories i love those too but the werewolf is to me one of the most flexible the most engaging because you can play it sympathetic you can play it terrifying or you can run somewhere in between that. And I think there's the, the, the stories that do that well and that play with that concept. Well, they're classic films, they're classic books, they're classic comics. Um, and, and there's tons of bad ones too. Are you going to get into cap wolf? Uh, I could, uh, <laughs> which is not cap a great wolf. One. Captain America, uh, Captain America became a werewolf. werewolf. Oh, but now, in all fairness, Superman was once a werewolf. I mean, basically, let's face it. If it's an older comic book character, they went through a monster phase. And yeah. zombies. They've all been zombies now. Zombies, yeah. So, yeah. killed that conversation. Was no, zombies. no. But I, so, that's why werewolves to me. And I also think if we, we haven't done zombies, world, let's do zombies. If no, I'm, do, I'm done with zombies now. Uh, 
if we lived in a world where this stuff was true yes that's what i would want to be is a werewolf because really outside of the full moon you live a normal life you can't be killed easy but you live a normal life so this is the thing that drives me insane well it doesn't drive me insane but it so you get to make up your own <laughs> rule. thing that drives me insane i have schizophrenia i have schizophrenia <laughs> A chemical imbalance drives me insane. So neurons aren't firing. But you get to make up your own rules when you're doing whatever, uh, what, what, when you're creating. So if you're writing a novel, if you're writing a screenplay, you're making a movie, whatever, you get to make up your own rules. And then the rules of the movie is what the rules you have to follow. And just like you were talking about, Stoker did not, they were like allergic to sunlight, but they could go out in sunlight. They just didn't like it, correct? Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's been a long time since I've read the book, so you feel free to correct me at any time. And then Anne Rice was like, well, crosses doesn't bother him. In fact, he even has the line. I'm, you know, I'm pretty fond of looking at crosses, not Lestat, but the other one. Yeah. So you get to make up your own rules and you follow them. So it's like silver bullets and chopping their heads off. I don't know. But most of the ones we watch and i think maybe this is a reason why it doesn't work very well in a lot of movies is that when's a full moon once a month correct every yep. 20 blah 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 days all right so that's the only time they're going to turn into werewolves but a lot of movies they turn into werewolves at any time right at the night or the moon can just come out correct yeah we've all yeah. seen these movies where the moon just comes out because they got to turn into a werewolf because we got to get them to kill these people Yep. And I'm writing the screenplay. So they don't follow their own rules. One of the few movies, and we'll start, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to start talking about it. And it's not one of my favorites. Although I really like the movie. And two-thirds of it are pretty good. And a third of it's just silly nonsense dog shit. Is Silver Bullet. I was actually going to say, I, I saw and I picked up, and I almost, uh, um, I need to get it. Uh, they had a copy of, of Cycle of the Werewolf. Yeah, I have it, yeah. Bernie Wrightson. Uh, and some upstart writer guy uh, and <laughs> what king, i love about our, it our audience that doesn't know it's it's based on uh, stephen king kind of graphic novel but yeah the bernie Wrightson art is great i mean literally i saw the book in the store and i wanted it was a beat up copy in a used bookstore that's why i didn't buy it i wanted a better copy but i was looking at it and what i love about it and i don't mean to interrupt your silver bullet but silver bullet's based on cycle of the werewolf yes. and cycle of the werewolf originally was pitched with uh, bernie Wrightson's art and they were going to do it as a calendar and yeah. Bernie Rice, as a matter of fact, they did a GoFundMe recently, and they did that. You can get that, get it that way. That being said, um, at the end of it, there is a, a an end page by Stephen King where he said, "You know, I wanted to stop right now." And he goes, "Just in case you didn't think I knew how moons worked," <laughs> and he even acknowledges in the book, "Hey, I do understand that you know I have a full moon on Valentine's Day, and then I have another one." on thanksgiving and i know the odds of that happening it would only happen once every blah, blah. i mean literally he does all the maths and all that stuff and it's really interesting though because a he's right but then he ends it with but you know what works in a story that effect i want i want a death on valentine's day and i want a death on thanksgiving and so to do that guess when the moon's going to be full yeah so to your point and and it, he's stephen king he can do that well, and, and he's using, and I get it. And that's the reason why I'm giving them credit. At least Silver Bullet has the common decency to do it when the moon is full. Most yep. werewolf films don't do that. And the ones that do it well, 
we'll pit whomever it is. And I'm thinking of one right now as we talk, but we'll, we'll get in. I don't want to bring them all up, but it'll get in the event is of that full moon night. Yeah. Right. Right. Gentlemen, the ones that work pretty well or the ones that are based on another kind of cycle that we will delve into as we go throughout the movies, which there's the three I just named basically are some of the best ones and are my favorites, which is cliche, but true. I'll get into one or two that aren't on a best of list that I like, but for the most part, that's what they do. That's what they do well. And that's really hard if you're trying to make it work. So let's like want movies like underworld. They just turn into werewolves when they want to. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. They, uh, I'll be They're honest. Basically with you, Hulk out. They Hulk yeah. out. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, James. Thank you. The only one of those movies I like is the third one, the medieval one. I really enjoyed that. It's directed by Patrick Tep- Tatopoulos, who's a brilliant production designer. Uh, but um, not not necessarily. I'm telling you to go watch it. I just it's medieval werewolves and vampires instead of them shooting guns at one another. I just like that. I've only ever seen it once. I'm sure if I went back and watched it, it may not be as impressed. What's another shitty one? Uh, the the worst one, the absolute worst worst one, is Werewolf. It was made fun of by Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'll look up who directed oh. it. <laughs> Yeah, but but it that's has not the worst. Uh, James, I disagree with you that that's the worst one. Get into it. Uh, go ahead. After I'll no, tell no, mine. You, I tell you what, you go ahead and tell yours because I'll look up who made this and and we'll go from there. So I don't have the the production the who made this, but it is a piece of shit. I, I was actually reading about it this week. It's available on YouTube to scream for free. The Werewolf of Washington. Well, that was called Lincoln. No. <laughs> That, so this when he ran on his second platform he, he was you know old Abe werewolf of washington it was made in the 70s uh right around the time uh nixon was getting in uh right before nixon was impeached or almost impeached i should say um it stars dean stockwell and it is super low budget it is so low budget that they don't have lighting for the movie so everything kind of looks like it's shot with a flashlight half the time you don't see the action the wolf in question is a german shepherd and it's all about this lawyer who gets bit by a werewolf and he's going around around Washington, you know, terrorizing people. And it is very low. It is absolutely terrible. It makes no sense other than uh, the one that James is getting ready to talk about where like it even mystery science theater, I think it's our lowest rated episode, which says something about how terrible this movie is. But where uh, werewolf of Washington, from what I have seen, is absolutely terrible it makes no sense and like i said again the wolf is a german shepherd clearly yeah james what do you got man so so werewolf the the terrible terrible featured on mystery sensor thousand is not an old movie usually mst3k used old films this actually came out in 1995 it stars we are not talking about the same one hold on i gotta look it up it stars as much as anything can star joe estevez um (laughs) And it's directed by, and let me get his name correct because I, I, I'll, I'll get it wrong and then his legion of fans will attack me. Uh, it is directed by Tony Zarendost. Um, Tony Zarendost also gave us uh, a bunch of other films. None of them really, really great. That being said, Tony Zarendost, the film is, it starts off with some promise. There's these archaeologists digging in the desert. They unearth bones that are odd. 
and they believe that they're the Native American Yamagachis, uh, which are skinwalkers. And it actually does that, and, and Joe Estevez, and, and there's all these people that have the line, and, and these people are trying. Richard Lynch is in it as mm-hmm. the expert on this. Well, one of the people get cut by one of the bones, and he's taken to the hospital because he also gets attacked by another employee who's tired of dealing with him. And in the hospital, he turns into a werewolf. And from then on, any promise this movie had is gone. <laughs> it's, it's not good. That being said, the thing that makes it so funny is that the, the, they didn't have the budget to shoot it all at once. And people's hairstyles change, and people's pronunciations even change. Uh, the, the actress that's in it, um, uh, she is not an American actress. And her pronunciation of werewolf changes so often that in the MST3K episode, they keep making fun of her because she has lines that the protagonist of the film who is investigating this, his name is Paul. And, you know, she has scenes where she goes, Paul, is that werewolf? And then later on, she says werewolf perfectly fine. And she's not German either. They keep changing the pronunciation. The hairstyles change because they shot it over realistically probably two years. I'm making that number up. But you could, I mean, sometimes their hair is long. Sometimes it's cut short. Sometimes it's styled. They did not shoot this movie linearly in a linear or, or quick fashion. It's not a good movie. Uh, it, the only interesting thing it does is try to bring in some of the Native American mythology. But they only do that in about the first 10 minutes. And then it becomes a, guess what? Spoiler, there's a bunch more werewolves than you think. And it's not, it's not well done. By the way, I got to correct myself mid-episode. My brain got things jumbled again. The episode of MST3K that I'm talking about <clears throat> is the Amazing Transparent Man, not the were- not the werewolf movie James is talking about. So I screwed that up. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about one that's on several lists that I saw when I was really young. It's directed by Michael Wadley. came out, and it has a budget. And it has a cast. Uh, it has Gregory Hines, Edward James almost starring Albert Finney. Have either one of you ever watched Wolfen? No. Wolfen, to me... A long time ago. But is one of the most overrated werewolf films of all time. Speaking of the dog, most of... They basically are wolf dogs, Chad. Okay. And they bas- there's a great scene where there's this head, and it's set up earlier in the movie. It's the first time when I was a child I realized this is true. And then found out it was true that you can, if you were decapitated, you can technically see for X amount of seconds. So you could oh, yeah. fall in the basket and look back up at your squirting corpse, right? Yeah, you, you know, it's true. Well, you go. There, there is a, there is a great story. I don't know the criminal, but there was a criminal long time ago. He was executed and he did some pretty hellacious crimes and they beheaded him. And some angry person got up on stage, picked up his head and showed it to the crowd and he smacked it. And the whole audience got freaked out when the head itself showed signs of being irritated that it got smacked. So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah you there's I think it's right around eight. I may be I may be getting this in a Luke Perry movie. <laughs> Confusing my head. Eight seconds. I think. It's, yeah, that, that's how long you ride, you ride on a, a bull. Bull. I <laughs> but i think it's i think it's, it's like six or some seconds i mean it's enough time to fall down and look up yeah so they deal with that and there's a great scene where a guy one of the police detectives gets beheaded by one of these wolfing dogs and it falls and it looks up 
but it just makes no sense and it's a really well shot movie and by no means is it low budget shit like the two of you're talking about but at the end of the day it never did it for me and it's always aggravated me that because there's another one that you both know that pretends to be a werewolf movie that really isn't a werewolf movie what is that guys big budget film came out in the 90s wolf you talking about wolf wolf Okay, yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I have huge problems, not only with Wolf being a piece of shit, but just the, the, the makeup and everything. I mean, they made Jack Nicholson's werewolf look but like it's Rick man. Baker. Yeah, I know. And he, but he looks like old man Logan. A little bit. And it's directed by Mike Nichols. And most, I was listening to, uh, Chad introduced it to me. And now I, that's usually my go-to if I'm listening to something is the, is the uh, old, darn it gilbert godfrey's uh, gilbert amazing godfrey has a podcast and i was listening to one of them talking about how wonderful mike nichols was and how i mean he was a comedic genius and he made some amazing films oh yeah no, a, there's no doubt but tarantino gave the best review of that film i once heard saying oh it's a horror film made for people who don't watch horror films is it though? Is it? I don't remember it being at all like even remotely terrifying. It was just basically a a drama with the. That's what I I'm mean, saying. It's a horror film made for people who don't watch them. God, I don't. Was, I mean, I enjoy parts of it, and some of it's well written and well acted. But there's no real werewolves in it, and there's just no. jumping around at the end, and then you find out. Here's a spoiler alert: she set him up the whole time to be her mate. Correct. Yeah, it's yeah. They just have Martin Van Buren mutton chops. I mean, it's not, and then Rick Baker did it. Teeth. They have some eyes and some teeth. <laughs> they do, but for the most part, it's the mutton chops. Yeah, a lot of people have eyes and teeth, though. Who? I don't know. Nobody Who has? has I mean, it, but yeah, it had, had such a <laughs> braggarts. I mean, you want to talk? You talk about Wolfen having a great cast, and it does. But I mean, you have Jack Nicholson and James fucking Spader in the same movie, and Michelle Pfeiffer, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, no, it's a good. It's it's directed by Mike. Michelle Pfeiffer is no Tom Noonan, Joe. Tom Noonan, he's in Wolfen. Yeah, he's yeah. Got, I was just sitting here going, that. "You just, you're." I was just sitting here going, "Yeah, I don't know what to say to you, pal." You can't argue right. that it. They are not Tom say. Noonan. Thank you. I've, I've, I won I've this actually, argument. I have stuck. You're right, bud. I've stood next to Tom yeah. Noonan and smelled his body odor. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I bet uh, I've never smelled Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, Oddly enough, the same. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah. So I, I, I know we talk about movies a lot, but we are a pop culture podcast. We also talk about need to talk about other things. One of the things that I do love, and maybe it's why I do love werewolves as much as I do, because I don't rely on films, because films very rarely do it right. I do love the original Wolfman. Again, I think Larry Talbot's a fascinating character. I think that movie, I mean, it has Bella Lugosi, Claude Rains. It's great cast. That being said, comic books were also another thing that got me into it. And probably one of my obsessions, and I know this won't show, but I'm going to hold it up anyway and make this really odd. Uh, this is the cover to The Sword of Solomon Cain issue two. came out in 1985 when I would have been a young lad, probably too young to actually read that comic. Um, but I did anyway because... Uh, You're parents- such a badass. Because my parents had a rule that if I would read a book, they would buy it. And my parents were so obsessed with me reading. That's a good rule. uh, Yeah, uh, they were so obsessed with me reading that once I realized that included comic books, well, the Sword of Solomon Cain, if you don't know Solomon Cain, 
he is actually my favorite Robert Howard creation. Now, I know purists are going to say, what about Conan? I love Solomon Cain. It's largely because of books like this. Solomon Cain's, Solomon Cain's more interesting. I'll give you that. He's he's more of the supernatural. I mean, Conan has a little bit of that, but Conan's a barbarian. And by the way, unlike the Conan films, if you read the books and the stories, that dude never shuts up. That, I know. I know. That was the biggest shock for me because I, I think I talked to you about it like five years ago. Do you remember? Yeah. I came I was like, holy shit, I started reading Conan and that fucker never, he talks all the time. He's, he talks well. He just yeah. bragged yeah, about not, himself. Yeah. yeah. And but, then Marvel but, turned him into a pimp. Um, and th- they don't commit suicide. Yeah. I've never read <laughs> but, the comics. I'm just talking about the original Robert Howard books. But Solomon Kane as a character, I love the stories and even poems that Robert Howard wrote about Solomon Kane. But one of the reasons I like him, and I think Joe, you said this once about why why Hellboy is likable, is that there's entire stories where Solomon Kane gets everything wrong and people die because of it. Yeah, Hellboy and, is just a schlub who likes yeah, to eat. He, and, yeah, he's a blue collar worker who loves cats. Yeah. He gets he, he, Solomon Kane messes up one of the best Solomon Kane stories, and it it's now a kind of cliched story where somebody gets killed and the hand is left or something and the hand comes to kill somebody. Well, Robert Howard wrote that way back in the day as a Solomon Kane story. And Solomon Kane's not really in the story. He's asleep and the hand creeps by him and kills the guy. And the next day he gets up and, you know, the hand is, has gone, but he sees the, the distinct handprint on the neck and he's killed the guy that Solomon Kane was supposed to protect or whatever. Um, it's been a while since I've read it, but I do remember that. That being said, the second issue of Solomon Kane, so that when Marvel started adapting Solomon Kane stories, they didn't adapt too many. But the second issue was the first one that wasn't completely based on a Robert Howard story. And the second issue has him dealing with werewolves. And what's really interesting about it, it's actually there's other things going on as well. He's in the woods. And he runs across this child staying by the campfire to keep things away. And at the end of it, um, basically, you know, he finds out, you find out that the father was killed and that's, but he was killed by the boy because the boy is a werewolf. And, and the, he's, he's using the fire to create smoke to obscure the moon. So the moon won't hit him. And, and it was a really, at, for, I was probably five, if not a little younger when I read that story. And it just zoomed in on my mind about, you know, again, this kid didn't go into the forest to kill his dad. But once he becomes a werewolf, Solomon Kane goes, you're a creature of evil now. I've got to end you. And he's, he's you know, an eight-year-old kid or a seven-year-old kid. And Solomon Kane has to kill him. And it's, it's, it, it just stuck in my little mind. And it automatically made me go, man, werewolves, there's something to it. And so... uh I wanted to bring that up because I think that's one of the things that don't get a lot of consideration. And, and again, not all werewolf movies as you all were showing are good. A lot of them are turkeys, but as a story device, werewolves can represent so many different things. And I, I, I do love them for that. So, yeah. So should we talk more about the ones that we actually like? What do you think, gentlemen? Well, I want to shit on a couple more. Go for it. These lists. <laughs> Teen Wolf. Now, I've I can't never... I, I can't get on you on Teen Wolf because that's actually one of the first movies I saw that involved werewolves and I actually enjoyed it as a kid. I'm not going to say that I wouldn't enjoy it now. I have not seen Teen Wolf since I was in my well, early twenties. Why that? It's another one that's on a bunch of these lists because it's iconic. 
I guess I, well, it I, made I it cool. Right? It. I mean, I think I missed it in either my, I just, I mean, of course I saw it, but as far as the iconoclast or whatever you want to call it, as far as it, I mean, they did make a series out of it. They made a sequel to it. It was a big enough hit to do that. Yeah, but the series has nothing to do with either one of the movies. I I've mean, I never watched it. I, I, that, I haven't it. either, but I just know, I know plot points. I'm like, that's not Teen Wolf. Yeah. So, so Team Wolf is one of them, and I'm trying to think. There's a few that I never even heard of. Oh, I do have a question. Do you guys, to me, this is a third correct, Trick or Treat, which is one of my favorite uh, Halloween films. Yes. Uh, they, I like that what was it does. That it, I like what it does with the werewolves, too. So Same here. But it, I never thought of it as a werewolf film because it's just kind of that one story in it. Yeah, I agree with you that that was the one that I, I read on list when I knew of the werewolf movies that I like and I was yeah. having a hard time because I put together the list of werewolf movies that I know and like and that wasn't one of them. And then I started, I, I went and looked at the, at some stuff online. I'm like, why is it showing up? Because yeah, there are werewolves in it, but all they're in there for all of what? Well, they actually don't turn into it for maybe five minutes and it's yeah. probably less than five. If minutes. that, yeah. 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 They have and it's a it's a great plot twist. If you've never seen it, actually, Trick or Treat is probably one of those films. I do agree that should be a Halloween. I haven't watched it this year, and I don't think I got to watch it last year because of the kids. But that it is a great Halloween movie. Yeah, I will say this though: the plot twist. You know, after watch when I first watched it, I'm like, oh, that was a surprise. But then I look back and I'm like, that should not have been that 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 a uh, big of a plot twist. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you already saw it coming. So I know, and that's what kills clothes. me. It's it's the same thing with Sixth Sense. Like, uh, Sixth Sense was ruined for me. So I'm like, that's not a plot twist. But, of course, I knew what it was going in. So, yeah, I was just like, I, but, no, I'm, I'm not shitting on Trick or Treat. I, yeah, I no, love no. that movie. I just don't, yeah, I just never think of it as a werewolf film. So I don't either. What do you guys like since we've shat out other things? Well, I want to talk about the, I want to talk about the only, the the movie as a kid that made me like werewolves. And, uh, and and it's not and it's not the one that we all three love. I didn't fall. Is the, it on a poster behind me? Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't. Out. I didn't get introduced to that one until I was a teenager. Monster Squad. I, I love. See, that's another one I don't think of as a werewolf film. I don't either, but it has a werewolf in it, and that it was does. my that was my introduction to werewolves. I'm like, holy shit, werewolves are actually kind of cool. But then I started watching more werewolf movies, and I'm like, oh, I don't care for werewolves much. <laughs> that character actor is a really good guy. He's also in Napoleon. I mean, he's a really good yeah. actor. I've never yeah, met him. Yeah, he's a really great actor. Yeah, that's, um, um, uh, that's actually got a really good transformation scene when he's in the phone booth. Phone booth, yeah. And that's you talk about a, a werewolf movie not making any sense about how he changes into werewolf. There's nothing. Yeah, it makes no sense. We, we've talked about Monster Squad on here before. And I realize that a lot of people have a fondness for it. I do too. I love that opening 10, 15 minutes of it before the yeah. second time. I, I just rewatching it as a grown man. There are so many just don't make any damn sense plot holes in that film. And it's barely 80 minutes long. Yeah, I know. But that's like I said, that's the same thing with, we're not going to get into that, but I mean, it's Goonies, Monster Squad. A lot of those movies from the eighties have huge plot holes that make no sense. But when you grew up in the eighties and that's what you had, you still, I still have that attachment to him. And I still, I can still watch kick him in the Wolfman has nards is one of the most iconic lines in movie history. 
It's yeah, it's right up there with <laughs> frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And just like Michelle Pfeiffer's no Tom Noonan, two arguments in one episode, I win. Uh, you don't look, I don't know about the second one, but you're right. She's <laughs> no Tom Noonan. But no, I, I just love that movie, that line as a kid, Wolfman has nards. But I mean, yeah, it was my introduction to the Wolfman. I had not seen a Wolfman movie and I hadn't seen Teen Wolf yet either. That was my introduction to the Wolfman. And I'm like, and just seeing the transformation in that phone booth and watching him run around. I liked werewolves, of course. But like I said, when I started watching other werewolf movies, I'm like, I, it's just not there for me. So yeah, that's why Monster Squad has an attachment to me in terms of werewolves because it made me like werewolves. James? Yeah, I, it's not a werewolf film, but I think as we're talking about wolves. So I'm going to have spaghetti at the end. No, no, well, it is. It is a, it's hard to qualify. And, and, and Should you feel ashamed that you changed it to, we always say lasagna, and you would switch it to spaghetti. No. <laughs> uh, actually, really. the line from Silence of the Lands, or Silence of the Hands, I'm sorry, and I still uh, laugh every time it does it, is, do you like spaghetti? Yeah. Not too bad. I made tacos. <laughs> I, I Anyway. Yes, James. Uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. That's a werewolf film. That's a werewolf movie. Uh, I remember well, what came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, James. All right, I thought about is it. Perhaps is it not? Yeah. I don't know, but I, I I remember when it came out. It was huge for ten minutes, and people didn't stop talking about it for those ten minutes. Uh, probably a couple weeks after it came out, it was a big international hit. Was well, because it's based on a. True story. true story i'm doing air quotes on this uh a friend of ours who's been on the show before nick does a whole presentation about it uh, at conventions if you ever get a chance to watch it i'll i'll add his last name when i remember it later nick brown nick brown thank you nick brown uh, who, by the way also writes some really good werewolf stories you should check out his he books. has an obsession with werewolves and it started with a movie that was made in the last 20 years that we'll get to in a few minutes but as i recall from that episode but Nick can do a, about the French town where this actually this these wolves are attacking people and what that really was and how that actually happened. And I don't think they've ever it's another one of those true. It's technically things. an unsolved. It's technically an unsolved mystery. And they made a movie about it. And it's a really cool movie. I don't have anything else to add. I, I, I You're right. I don't know that technically it's a werewolf film, though. But I, I can't not think about it. As, like if I'm thinking about werewolves, because if you've seen the movie, it is so atmospheric. And it, yes, I, I am sure Nick Brown is absolutely correct. There is no truth in that movie. I mean, other than yes, people got killed, wolves were involved. Mm -hmm. But the the setup to that and the kind of um, the way that movie shot is really well done. If you've never seen, uh, yep. never seen it, you should check it out. Well, so let me bring up one that we don't talk about a lot on here that has some of the best, and it's directed by Neil Jordan, and yeah. it came out in the eighties, and it has one of the best, some of the best transformation scenes in it which is a damn hard thing to say because it came out after the howling and american werewolf in london but the company of wolves with angela lansbury i'm going to be I, honest with you guys i have not seen this one i want to see it I, so it's an art house werewolf picture with yeah. angela lansbury that's a hell of a sentence to say but it's it all is accurate and it it has so much atmosphere but I think I watched it too young and I've never really rewatched it. And I think I'd probably enjoy it more now because it has Stephen Ray, one of my favorite actors, a great Irish actor. He's in all of Neil Jordan's films, or at least yeah. most of Neil Jordan's films. And 
just truly one of the best because if you've never seen it, I'm going to describe it to you a little bit, the transformation. Instead of just the hair growing and them growing out, they peel the human skin back to reveal the wolf. The wolf will come out of the mouth. There's a great, I have the poster. And if you look up uh, Company of Wolves on um, online and you see that poster, I have that poster. I've never framed it. It's such a cool poster. I, and I don't know that I want to recommend it to everybody because I just haven't seen it in a long time. But if you are into werewolves and, and you like cool practical transformation effects, I feel like that's one that gets lost lost what do you all think I don't yeah a lot I, of people talk about it i knew of it but yeah when i started doing research and uh after i put together my list i'm like i forgot this movie existed and then i just i realized i'd never seen it and neil jordan would go on to direct the crying game for everybody who doesn't know that he's, he's yeah uh, he's also yeah i mean and also mona lisa which was mm -hmm. his movie that followed this movie uh, yeah and michael collins yep. yeah i mean yeah he's a very talented director Irish filmmaker yeah yeah well no we're not going to are we going to talk about we're no angels <laughs> no we're not going to talk about we're no angels i think he also directed high spirits uh, <laughs> am i correct yeah th those were back to back yeah yeah high spirits um, may be slightly better but not good <laughs> yeah uh but no i i really want to see this movie this was one of those movies when i did the research i'm like i gotta see this movie because i didn't know i'd forgotten that it existed just because I'd, it never hit my radar so yeah, um, I would love to see the transformations and everything else about it. They're really cool in my head. So, what else we got, gentlemen? What else do you like? You guys are being quiet. No, no I, one of the things I do want to quiet, you mean James? Yeah, I was gonna one, say the, most the, the person who likes face. the werewolves. No, the one of the things the I want to acknowledge because it's uh, uh, we've talked about it before. We've interviewed people that were involved in it, and it's one that I wish would have been better. And I just want to mention it because I love Christina Ricci and I was going to get I, the, my, my interests were going to collide. We were going to get Christina. But Ricci. I still didn't even when you say movie. Christina Ricci, I still didn't realize what movie you're talking about. I was 10 oh, seconds cursed. afterwards before it clicked in my head. Cursed, and, I still, and I thought I, he was talking, I thought he was leading chance, up to what, what, what could that have been? And, and it always will feel like the one that got away as a concept. Right. And if you listen to our last episode with Todd Farmer, the concept by Kevin Williamson was far superior to anything they shot and if you're into cursed and you're like oh i always want to watch the director's cut do us a favor go check out the patrick lucier episode of this he details the whole damn process and why there is no director's cut of that picture yeah um i'm one of them surprised james hasn't talked about one Which and one i, I just keep waiting for him but he's being silent on the one that is his favorite FDR American badass. Actually, that was gonna. I was gonna do an entire thing about comedies near the end, but go ahead I, because that's the great. It's on no. No, you need I to found. bring it up because that's, I want you to bring it up. <laughs> that's on. No, you just brought it up. That's on no list. I saw. I, Are you sure? No, it's got, one list. I got my copy in that when Barry Boswick did Scarefest a few years ago. My copy because that's why I wanted him to sign. It came in two days late, and that's why he didn't because that film. Uh, there's two of them actually i should say uh but that film is is just i mean it's offensive 
it oh, is yeah. offensive funny. It is offensive, but it's got Lynn Shay as the first lady. <laughs> it's it's got Barry Boswick as FDR. It's made on almost no budget, but basically the plot is, and this is what hold on, let me let me get us some conspiracy subscribers. Now, this is what the man doesn't want you to know. Yeah. But it turns out Adolf Hitler and all the all the axes of, of evil or whatever, them were all werewolves. And see, FDR didn't have polio. He got bit by a werewolf, but didn't fully turn. And he was just fortunate that his uh, genitals worked. Because what's the best line in that movie, Chad? <laughs> I, James, I have to answer it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, you don't remember line. the best line in the movie? It's my favorite no. line. Does my cock still work? <laughs> How do you guys not remember that? We oh, I remember it. And this was a direct ripoff of the fact that it came out the same year as Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, right? But they you know what? I'm going to go one ahead of and those say is this. a superior film. I, that's what I was yeah. going to say. Oh, I'm FDR. Going say, yeah. I'm going to say because I love, I love Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, the book. And it was made. The screenplay is written by the guy that wrote the book. And now I he don't may know. have got changed by somebody else. I'm Maybe. That but I honestly. Because the book deals with Edgar Allan Poe's in the book. There's other cameos. It goes into the background about why all this stuff is happening and the Confederacy and all that. And a lot of that didn't make it into the movie. Because that book should not have been good. But when somebody turned me onto the book and then somebody else recommended it and said, no, 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 it's better than it has any right to be. And I read it. And I was like, oh, it really is. And then I heard the movie is coming out. And I was like, oh, this can't possibly go wrong. And then I saw it in the theater and I was disappointed. It's, had I not read the book, had I not had high expectation from the book, I would have enjoyed it more. So if you like the movie and you're like, you're just a hater. No, the book is just richer. It's And so, yeah. I don't know anybody that likes the movie. I've never, I don't think I've ever met a soul that went, oh my God, the movie. I don't, people don't even talk about it. I bet people, most people don't even remember it. I liked Himar. I can't say his name. He's Russian. I loved Wanted. I liked his other movie, his Russian film, Nightwatch. I like his two of his other pictures are great. And I, uh, Nobody came out this year, and it is fantastic. Did he direct Nobody? I thought he did. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I oh, wait. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. I'm okay. wrong. Other Russian. Hardcore okay. Henry. Hard, yeah, that guy. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some more of our favorites. You want me to go? go can i go ahead and talk about dog soldiers dude yeah yeah i'm serious dog soldiers is i know it's aliens i know it's aliens in the woods i know what he's doing but i'll be damned if he don't do it so good and it's directed by neil marshall and it's his first big budget well it's not a big budget low budget (laughs) film and basically it's his paramilitary troop if you've never seen it mick if you've never seen it, go listen to it or go watch it right now. You'll love it. Mick hasn't seen Dog Soldiers? I have no idea. I'm just okay. I just wanted to show him some attention. He, he he gave me a hug the other day, so I feel like I should love on him a little bit. But anyway, Todd, if you've never <laughs> there's only two famous people that like us, Mick and Todd. All right. Yeah. So if you've never seen Dog Soldiers, directed by Neil uh, Neil um Jordan. Neil Marshall. Marshall is what I said. And thank you so much for correcting me. I saw it on the sci-fi channel when it premiered by accident. I was a director of alumni tower at Moorhead and it just, 
had a theatrical run in England and ended up on the sci-fi channel here. I just happened to catch it. I don't even know why I was in that Saturday night other than, you know, who's going to take me out on Saturday night or why I was even watching the sci-fi channel other than I'm a big nerd. Okay. Statistically, I probably should have been watching it. However, fell in love with it. Eventually bought it when it came out on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. And it is one of the best low budget werewolf films ever made and i'm going to defend him i know the plot's aliens i know that but even the werewolves look cool don't you guys agree oh i agree they're tall they're, they're menacing tall, they're, they're scary yeah and the way he shoots them i'm sure those were cheap ass rug suits but the way he shot it and the way he got a rid of got away around it looks amazing and it has several actors character actors in that movie who go on to do some more stuff get real lucky casted really well yeah, great Scottish actors in that. Sean Pertwee, Liam yeah. Cunningham, and Kevin McKidd. Those three guys are amazing. Yeah, and they all went on to do stuff, right? Which one of them is mm-hmm. Gotham? Is- uh, that'd be Sean Pertwee as Alfred. Yeah, he's a great character actor. He's a fantastic character actor. Yeah, and Kevin McKidd, of course. He, I mean, he he's not out of the two, but yeah. Kevin McKidd, he was great in Rome and a few other things. And then Liam Cunningham, of course, Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's the onion on a Game of Thrones. He's just, they're all, and he's the bad guy in this. Yeah. Kind of the bad guy. And he also has a twist ending at the end, remember? I'll be honest with you, I've forgotten the ending. Uh, With the lady and her family? Can't remember, sorry. Well, it's good. It has a little bit of twist. I can't recommend that one enough. I we're gonna. I, there's two or three other werewolf films that I absolutely love, but I wanted to talk about Dog Soldiers for a second. Go ahead. Actually, and is there not much of a transform? There's a little bit of a transformation. Just the werewolves look cool. They're, they're yeah, two- just a little bit. Bipedal. Is that what it's when they're two-legged? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Bipedal. All right. Who's up? Hey, you know, James, I, you go. I, I think we need to mention, because it does have uh, quite a few fans, um, Wolf Cop and Wolf Cop 2. I've never seen them, though. I enjoy. Uh, I was going to bring it up since we were... I, I oh, go ahead, Chad, because I haven't seen Wolf Cop 2, full disclosure. So go I ahead. have not seen Wolf Cop 2 either. I keep waiting for it to come out to where I can see it. No, I've seen Wolf Cop, and it was just one of those movies that came along, and I just sit down and watch it going, well, this will be fun. And it it was... Inter- I, I enjoyed it, just like I did Uncle Peckerhead. You know, I, I was not expecting that movie to be in, slightly entertaining. And I was like, oh, there's something in this I actually enjoyed. Uh, same thing with Wolfkopf. I, it just blew me away at the sheer madness of the plot and, the, and, and the, the, the gore and everything else about it. I could not get enough of it. James, have you seen it? Uh, I'll be honest. I, watched, I got to see the first half of it, and I didn't get to finish it. And then I'll be honest. No, I've never seen it. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. Please, say, I brought it up, but I've never seen it. I didn't watch. I didn't get to watch all of it. That's why I said, please go ahead, because I, I wanted much like you. I, much like you wanted to see too. I wanted to finish it, and then I think my kid came out, and I couldn't watch it because I didn't want to scar my child. Yeah, no, but, there's a lot of scarring that can be done watching Wolf Cop because it's very graphic. Is it better than Uncle Peckerhead? I'm not being a Peckerhead. No, it is. Okay. I, I, I know and that's what but there's a behind the scenes discussion that me and joe had i said joe whatever you do don't watch uncle peckerhead you will not like it just because i know he would come back and rip me apart for for is even mentioning it and of course what does he do he goes behind and watches it so he can tell me it's a piece of shit well in my memory is you told me to watch it no i told not, james to watch not it. arguing with no, you i know telling you in my no, I, I, I can i guess i would chat on this one which hurts me honestly yeah, i told james I've to seen watch two it. thirds of it i still I haven't said, figured out what he had how he's how he finally gets the band where they need to go oh joe it's a movie called uncle peckerhead buddy 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> back to these war wolves. Uh, one of the things I do want to also mention, uh, and, and this is unpopular and it's not a great film, but I love the way it's done and the accuracy. Uh, and it, it was an unnecessary remake, but the, the 2010 Wolfman. Um, Two thirds of that movie are correct. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's, it's beautiful. So, it's directed by Joe Johnston. Yeah, we all saw that in the theater together too. Now. Yeah. And I had the extended cut and I watched it and I was like, again, it's, it is. Um, the third act goes to shit, right? Well, it does. There yeah. is a a there, there's a couple films that I love, and I would include this in that, and in that I love them for their look and their 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 uh, atmosphere, yeah. the atmosphere and the the talent that are in them. I mean, and I would include in that uh, Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein again. There's something about them, but they just don't pull it off in the end. But I love them because I, they try things that others didn't try, and they do things. And I love the fact that Joe Johnston, he does all these period pieces, the first Captain America movie even. And he does these little details that show, yes, I know something about the history. It, even in Wolfman where they have the candles and he has the guard to where, you know, you want to have the glare from the candle, but it's reflective, so it projects light out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, th- those existed. And what a fascinating little detail you would add to your film. And so while the Wolfman doesn't succeed at being the Wolfman, as, as far as a remake goes. And the casting's is, not bad in that movie either. No, it's I not. I have no problem with anybody to cast no, that movie. Well, and Anthony Hopkins, I mean, man, it, it's, it's, there's, there's so much there. Uh, but it's, like you said, there's just something, by the time the third act gets there, you're like, eh, it's yeah. the script. It, they I, never got it right. They I'm glad I took right. the ride. Uh, and it's a ride. I, I, I said I own the uh, extended uh, cut on DVD. I've taken the ride again. But it's something that I'll take the ride, but I have a hard time telling other people, hey, you should check this out. Like it's There's movies that I love that I don't recommend. I mentioned Silence of the Hands earlier. I laugh at it. Do I think most people are going to? No. There's something about It's something for me. Yeah. Now, I mean, no, James, you just... Sorry, Joe, not to interrupt, but you just spent all that time talking about how much you love Joe Johnson and his director work. So is this where you're going to talk about how much you love Jurassic Park 3? That film doesn't exist. I don't know <laughs> if you know this, Joe. Or I don't Joe know Chad why I always think it's better than part two. But I, I think it's better God. than part two as well. That is a suck fest. The in, I think it's because when I write it, you could tell they were still making it up as they went. Like that is I enjoyed most, it more than Jurassic World. That is the most. Oh, I don't know about that. I like Jurassic World. Uh, I mean, Jurassic World is uh, is nothing new, but it's it's yeah okay. Jurassic and I like the lost. I lost. I like the second one, Haunted House one too. So there you go. Jurassic World. The Jurassic. Did you see Jurassic is, Park World sequel, Chad? Yeah, Haunted House. If they're in the house, right? It looks like a haunted house. It's a haunted. Oh, yeah. house. Okay. Last I got you. That movie, the last half of that movie is a haunted house picture. Yeah, Jurassic World is Jurassic Park for people like my father. In that it's full of explosions, it's full of ooh. And it worked on I mean. me, by the way. It's so bad, but it does work. I do enjoy it. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's uh, fun. But we're back off of werewolves again. Thank you, Chad, for making him go down that. You're welcome. Tribe. And now I'm I'm more concerned the fact that Alexander Payne gets credit for writing Jurassic Park three. <laughs> All right. So do we want to talk about a little bit? Well, how many? We more haven't talked about one. Have, I think. 
we all three like. Can I talk about one I haven't seen that I now want to see? There's two I want to see that I haven't seen when I was doing research. You already talked about Maniac Wolf Cop. No. By the way, I will write that. I will write Maniac Wolf Cop. There's two werewolf films I discovered doing research for this, and I don't know how I haven't seen these. There's one that I I did too that I I really want to see these. So, inspired by the success of biker movies uh, and, and Roger Corman's success. As we all know, there were a ton, much like car movies, there was a yeah. ton of films made about, oh, you've got a motorcycle, we'll do a motorcycle gang movie, we'll do things like this. And it's not high rated, but it's high rated enough to where there's got to be something to it. The plot to this movie is that a biker gang encounters Satanists and they fight the Satanists. But the Satanists, the head of the Satanic Church, puts a curse on their leader to where he will have to hunt the other members of his bicycle gang when he turns you into say bicycle, bicycle gang? gang i'm sorry motorcycle gang sorry <laughs> that's a different movie that's, a, that's that would be the muppet baby you turn into freaking ward cleaver at a drop How of you a see, hat kids anyway no weren't you a little I, hard on the beaver last night james 1971's werewolves on wheels it's about a biker <laughs> gang leader that is cursed to have to kill everybody in his gang after they fight satanists and it's about him literally having to hunt down his own team. Uh, it's got a, I mean, for for a bad 70s werewolf movie, it's got a pretty good rating. I think it's a 6.1 uh, out of 10. I, I'd never heard of it, and I've got to see it. The other one I've got to see is really recent, as in 2020. And that is, um, hold on, let me pull it up, because it actually had, it's, it's gotten relatively good reviews as well. And that is Jim Cummings, but not that Jim Cummings, Chad. Sorry. I was hoping it was the same guy, too. Um, But his film, and I just had it pulled up and I lost it. This is embarrassing. I mean, not for me, but for you. Well, while you're looking it up, I'll say mine. Uh, Mine is full. Mine, when I did research that I want to see that I have not, I I will know in advance that this is going to be a terrible movie. Uh, It stars Mario Van Peebles. Who I honestly I have a love of Mario. Seen it, people. seen it, seen it. You seen Full Eclipse? Yeah, it was an HBO film. Oh my oh, god! As a kid. Now I got to go see if it's on HBO Max. I didn't know. Uh, no, if you haven't seen Full Eclipse, not good. Uh, it, it's not. But it was. It's half watchable. I was going to say I tried to watch now. Cast a Deadly Spell, and even then, now I, I had a hard okay. time getting. Okay, so that. I have a special place in my heart. For that movie, because it was the first time I got to see some Lovecraft as a child, okay. which I shouldn't have been watching that movie as a child. First of all, yeah. second of all, I shouldn't have had that much access to HBO. Thirdly, I rewatched it last year with Christy. It is extremely flawed, but directed by Martin Campbell, who would go on to give us Casino Royale and Goldeneye and Green Lantern. It, well yeah that's true too he did an interview of last month did you see it did you read yeah it? i saw it yeah i was like i don't even know why i did it i love yeah. james bond i don't know anything about comics it's like, well yeah i we, we all picked up on it but no if you haven't seen full eclipse it's about this this guy who has to put together this special task force and it's a bunch of werewolves on yeah. a cops and it's so yeah i have to see it now i'm gonna now watch the deadly is- spells better what cast the deadly spells better I haven't seen it. I can't judge it, but I could uh, cast a deadly spell was a little hard for me to get through. <laughs> it has David Warner. I don't want to hear Mr. Shitting on Monster Squad and Goonies for its plot holes. <laughs> I don't remember any 
I don't, it's like his daughter's doing something, and the one guy fucks her in the back of the car before the end of it, so she's not a virgin. And basically, Cthulhu eats David Warner. Well, that sounds fair. That sounded about right. Chad froze. He has that effect on me, too. Well, so, I guess while we're still recording, I'll let you know that they did a sequel to Cast a Deadly Spell. See, James can't, he can't, he can't argue it's on, with me now. It's on HBO Max. You're, You're right, right. It's called Witchcraft, yeah. and they replaced him with Dennis Hopper. So, Chad will never be able to refute what I just said for the last five minutes. Welcome back, Chad. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> uh, so, I agree. Uh, that Tom was Newman. the gospel. You could listen to it later. That, that by the way, the, the other movie I want to see that came out in 2020. It's called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And so I'll just read the plot description because I was like, oh, it could be done really well. I don't know if it is because I haven't seen it, but I want to see it. Um, Terror grips a small mountain town as bodies are discovered after each full moon. Losing sleep, raising a teenage daughter, and caring for his ailing father, Officer Marshall struggles to remind himself there's no such thing as werewolves. That could be a great story about you're dealing with reality and then the exceptional come in the supernatural comes in and so i want to see that i think it could be good i'll by the way if we ever revisit this i'll probably give an update and i may be disappointed um one other thing that i wanted to mention that's not a movie and i know again i try to keep this pop culture related uh this was originally started as a, a kickstarter and I actually if you buy the first issue i'm 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 part of the special thanks in the back because i donated a little bit of money to get started but it took off and it's now rated as one of the best uh, werewolf comic series. And I'm going to mispronounce it because it's a word that I've only ever read. So make fun of me as, as needed. Anathema, anathema, uh, anyway, it's a, it's a term. Uh, but it's Rachel Deering is, is the author and, and uh, creator of this comic series. And it's all about, um, it deals with uh, the first issue which I own, uh, is, is all about this woman uh, is in a relationship with another woman in, you know, the dark ages, which would extra frowned upon by the church then. Does this they, book got pictures? Yes. Is it a pop-up book? It's a comic book, Joe. It's a graphic novel. Oh, I watched that. The, the first one. Anyway, um, Tell me and they more. burn them at the stake, except one of them doesn't die. And it's cursed, basically, or comes back in the world. But it's all about how far will you go. And it's kind of, Joe, for a parallel, it's like Pumpkinhead. Mm. It's, it's what, what does vengeance make you become? What does, is it worth it? What does it mean? And all that. I enjoy so Pumpkinhead better than werewolf movies. Um, well, I don't know that Pumpkinhead's better than a couple we're about to talk about. Yeah, no, it, it's not. But we, we I left- do a shit love Pumpkinhead. Yes, and we left. The, we I think we've saved the best two for last, in my opinion. I, We're missing three. One one other thing that I want to mention um, for those that don't know, Archie Comics has for years had the, they had Sabrina the Teenage Witch and they had all that stuff, but in recent years they've started doing these little horror stories like Archie Afterlife, which is about Archie and and Archie is killed by the way and and all that stuff. But one that somebody turned me on to, and I haven't got to read it yet, so no spoilers, please. But there is actually a a series that's called Jughead the Hunger. And it hypothesizes what would happen if Jughead from the Archie comics became a werewolf. 
And I'll be honest, I kind of want to see how that one plays out. It's pretty highly rated as well. So there you go. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about some of the top ones. Chad and then me. I want to see which one you pick. Well, I want to say one, but I don't remember much about it because it's been years. But So I'm just going to go with American Werewolf in London. Well, American Werewolf in London is my favorite werewolf film. Same here. It is the probably it and Shaun of the Dead. Well, and maybe Evil Dead 2 are the three best comedy horror films ever made. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I, I It takes you a second and then you go, yeah, boy, it's sure is hard as shit to beat Evil Dead 2. Sure is hard to beat Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead, What what's better than Evil Dead 2? No, I was going to say, I've got a fourth I could add to you. What guys. is it? What We Do in the Shadows, which actually has one of my favorite werewolf scenes in it. It it is, but it doesn't. It does not reach it for me to there. I mean, Shaun of the Dead. I mean, Romero loved Shaun of the Dead so much that he had a pen that he wore the last few years of his life on his vest. The famous vest is like two in the head. Shaun of the Dead. I I think, that, I think one of my and I love Shaun of the Dead. My wife loves Shaun of the Dead. She has a Winchester shirt and all that stuff. We saw it when we were dating or just married or something. So we have a it, it has a place in my heart. That being said, I think one of my issues with Shaun of the Dead is not that movie is great. I will take nothing away from that movie. Uh, I just, zombies, um, it's zombies. Um, yeah. Well, past that, when Shaun of the Dead was made, it wasn't that much. So, well, there was a lot. Oh, there was but a American lot. Zombies Wolfen, are one of the most open. American Werewolf in London was a script that he wrote when he was a young man. John Landis, I'm sorry, wrote it, writer, director was a script that he wrote when he was a young man and actually ended up because he worked on Kelly's heroes. Am I correct, Chad? Yep. And he was, uh, they shot Kelly's heroes behind the iron curtain. And you probably, if you're listening to this, if you didn't, you didn't live through it and we barely lived through the cold war, just a little bit towards the end of it for, for all intents and purposes, we didn't grow up in the sixties and seventies getting under our desk, preparing for nuclear fallout. Right. But, if you did, you know, that that was something to go over there, especially if it was, I think it was Yugoslavia. And he w- he had an incident where he met uh, incident where he met some gypsies, legitimate gypsies, and told a story and it stuck in his head. And he wrote a screenplay for it and went back to Hollywood because he was a PA and nothing else and made a couple of movies till then. But the screenplay sat around for years and he couldn't get it made, but it actually got him. He talks about how it got him a lot of work getting work writing because people would find oh this is scary and funny but i don't know it can't be both what are we going to do with it so american werewolf in london is about two guys who go on a backpacking trip through europe get attacked by a werewolf one of them gets murdered and killed although murdered and killed seems slightly redundant now that i've said it out loud but he is pretty fucked up murdered and killed and then the other one goes back i I, god i gotta believe most of you out there know the plot of this the other one lives through it starts having nightmares and as it gets closer to the full moon his friend jack keeps keeps visiting him in more and more uh, i'm trying to think of the word uh decay decomposing yeah Yeah. decay is what i'm trying to say and more and more decay it's some of the best rick baker work you'll ever see and and that's one movie that like you said it keeps to the rule it keeps to the rules and he never changes until the full moon and if you're thinking well hold on yeah now it's the moon kind of comes up he does slip a little bit towards the end of it that's right 
because he changes that next night after he kills yeah. those people. But watch it if you've never seen it. If you're expecting a gore fest, it's not. That's not what this is. No, it has some. Once again, it's a John Landis film. We've talked about needle drop music on here before. It has some of the all. It has three or four different versions of Blue Moon on it. It has Bad Moon Rising by Creedence. I it, I don't know that it gets much better. Practical effects, comedy. It's laugh out loud. I don't know that it holds up so much with the scary part now, but the transformation scene is in full lighting daylight. That took balls of steel. So the movie I was going to talk about afterward, which one were you going to say, Chad? Uh, it was Ginger Snaps. Ginger Snaps. Before we get to that, can I get the other one that we're all missing? The Howling. Yeah. The Howling came out the, the same Howling. year. I'm yeah. sorry, James. No, no, so, that, go ahead. The thing is, is that for years, John was going to do this, and he, Rick Baker had worked on this script. They were going to do it together, you know, whenever he got his money. And the change-o head, where the head would change, Rick Baker designed that. Well, the Howling went into production and tried to hire Rick Baker. And John found out, I was like, no, you got to do this damn movie. You got to quit. And they got the money together. Well, the Howling then was taken over by a young assistant of Rick Baker's. And who would that be, gentlemen? Rob Bottin. Okay. Rob Bottin did the change ahead. So if you look in the Howling, it's in Shadows, which also has a wonderful transition and a wonderful changing, but it bubbles out more than it does in the in in the Rick Baker version. And then Robo Team would also give us uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, which may be one of some of the best practical effects ever put on celluloid. So that was a long-winded thing to you really have to watch that. The Howling has some humor in it, but it's also directed by Joe Dante. It was a huge hit. And it's funny because werewolves were dead when these movies came out in the 81, 80, 81. And they both actually, I think the Howling may have been slightly more successful than American werewolf in London. Hmm. Now American werewolf in London visually it, well, it just holds up more to me, but the Howling has a bunch of great slim pickings it has uh, a lot of character actors in it. So check it out. Late Dick Miller, of course, because it was directed by Joe Dante. The Howling's a cool movie. Now, do you want to talk? James, do you have anything to add to it? Well, I wanted to mention real quick, because uh, y'all are naming the best, and, and I do. Uh, I will defend the Wolfman, the original uh, Wolfman. Um, yeah, we just talked about it earlier, I thought. Uh, uh, well, we did, but I wanted to, the stories behind that, so much of what is modern, quote-unquote, mythology mm -hmm. of Wolfman, comes from this uh kurt is it siodmik okay i know what you're talking and, about anyway the the author the the screenwriter um he came up with most of that <laughs> and made it up i mean he looked at some mythology but the other thing i wanted to mention about this because it's my favorite piece of trivia about the film if you go back and find the original trailer there's a scene that is not in the movie that is flashed in the trailer and it's my favorite story about them filming this movie because there was a scene where the wolfman in full wolf regalia, you know, mm. fights a bear. <laughs> and they were filming this scene. And my favorite piece of trivia about this. Do you know the story, Joe? No, I don't know this. He was fighting the bear. Of course, it's a trained bear. The bear freaked out because it was fighting this wolf man and ran away <laughs> they couldn't find that there was a bear wandering around because he ran away from the wolf man so they That's leave if you watch the original trailer you'll see just a snippet but there's only a snippet because the bear 
freaks out and run ran away and they couldn't get the bear to come back to film the scene so it's wandering the woods because it wouldn't fight the wolfman uh if 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 you didn't know that trivia there's a bunch of trivia but yeah the the rhymes and the you know he says his prayers by night uh will be you know um the wolfsbane uh all of that stuff the silver being how to wound them the silver bullet all that 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 is all from the film it's not actually from mythology but he did it so well that everybody went yeah that's it that's that's, yeah that must be true right so uh i know we talked about it earlier but i i, I had to share the bear story because it's just one of those things that when i learned that i was like a cool that it's in the trailer at least you well we shot it we might as well put it somewhere but b the wolfman actually scared a real life bear away and that is fascinating so sorry i just wanted to tell that nope. story chad you want to talk about ginger snaps yeah, I was hoping you all could lead that conversation. I just know I remember liking it a whole lot, but I don't remember anything about it. Ginger Snaps is about two young ladies who are starting to come into their own. They're developing as women, into women. Right. And start going to detail. So there's, the, the movie is just one huge damn metaphor. Right. About change and changing and what you're becoming. And not necessarily even about... Uh, I don't want to start using flowery, flowery language like blossoming into womanhood, but that is what is happening. And not only with that, one of them, Ginger, is starting to get interested in boys mm-hmm. and the others not so much yet. And they're changing and growing apart at the same time. I mean, the whole damn movie is a metaphor. And Ginger Snaps is about these two young girls who are outcasts who are starting to get their uh, periods. And one night, because of that, they get bit by a werewolf. And one of them starts to turn in Ginger into a werewolf. That's the plot. It deals with sex. It deals with womanhood. It deals with becoming an adult. It deals with relationships of how they change, how they don't necessarily, friendships don't necessarily change with each other and you grow apart. Yeah, and I find it. I was going to say, I find it, and this is one of the frustrating parts about this, and I'll be honest with you, Ginger Snaps is a great film, and I have a hard time with why is Jennifer's body more well-remembered versus Ginger Snaps? I don't I don't know because I never thought Jennifer's body was good, but I haven't watched it since it came I, I, I don't think it's good either, but it's basically telling the same story. Yeah. But Ginger Snaps is superior. And Ginger Snaps also had two low-budget sequels made for it. Uh, actually, the second one is on a couple of lists, and I agree, it's not bad. It's uh, it and it takes it into kind of an insane asylum. But don't they lose something in those sequels though that is not there in the first one? Agreed. But for sequels to a movie that was so as as so original, but yet another werewolf film about two girls transforming into women, then yes. But the yeah. sequel is better than it has any right to be yeah it's no it's no american werewolf in paris yeah that's it yeah you're absolutely right the movie didn't need a sequel but this sequel is better than it has any right to be okay. uh, the third one is them it's the ginger and i can i'm so sorry i don't remember the other girl's name uh the character's name in the movie and dealing with this back in like the 1600s or 1700s or whatever is in an outpost. So I truly recommend Ginger Snaps. If you've never seen it, it's fairly easy to find streaming. I don't know why more people don't discover it like Chad's talking about. Yeah. I mean, just to me, there's just tons of metaphors. There's tons of going on there. I haven't watched it in years. I need to rewatch it. Yeah, I'll, that's I'll the main reason why. It. 
I, I, I was hoping to do more research for this episode about watch, rewatching these movies. And I have two kids and uh, other issues going on. And I just could not get the time to sit down and watch all these werewolf movies like I normally like to do. But I just remember loving Ginger Snaps. It was one of those movies we watched um, together. And it was like, damn, this is really good. And it is. It's one of the only few werewolf movies that I enjoyed. That American Werewolf in London and Monster Squad. <laughs> it has so much going on. There's a lot of layers. It's like a. It's like, it's like an ogre, man. It has a lot of layers. It has a lot of layers that you got to peel back, or an onion, or a parfait. I don't know. I'm not going to go in and start quoting Shrek. But Ginger Snaps, American Werewolf in London, and Dog Soldiers. I love the. Ha- I like yeah. the howling a lot, but I I have a hard time. Just I don't know. American Werewolf the way, in London uh, to is shot Andrew- beautifully too. One of the things that you mentioned earlier, um, the howling, if these numbers are right, it was the first one to come out that year. Yeah. It had a budget of one million and it actually grossed 17, almost 18 million. Yeah. American Werewolf in London had a came out later that year in August. Uh, it had a budget of 10 million and it grossed all, uh, a little over 30 million, 30 and a half million. So the Howling was the bigger film. That explains why the American Werewolf in London looks 10 times better than the Howling. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Dante had one-tenth of the budget. Okay, well, that's interesting. I don't know. It's funny that we remember John Landis. He did. He talked about it in a couple of interviews that he does these horror conventions. He's like, I only did two damn horror films. I, I, I had directed Animal House and Coming to America. Blues Brothers, for God's sake. Blues Brothers, but you know, it's funny. Max Brooks, you date comedy, but you marry what, James? Horror. Yeah. Marry horror. I just for some odd reason that we as a culture, if you and I don't know, it. is it just my brain that I I don't I think of him as more I I I am the one I'm I don't know I don't view him as a horror director. I've always viewed him as a comedy director. Always I, think I view him as a comedy director too. I just American Werewolf in London is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Anything else we want to add to the werewolf? I, I've got a. I've mentioned it before in other shows, but I want to mention it one last time. If if you love werewolf at all, and you also like satire and commentary on the human condition, you need to read Peter David's Howling Mad. Uh, Howling Mad is about a werewolf. So there's this pack of wolves hunting for food. One of the werewolves is carrying a litter of, of you know cubs, and the alpha of the pack, uh, they sent uh, they smell something that smells off and it's a werewolf it doesn't smell human nor does it smell and they talk about how foul it smells and how it doesn't belong in the woods and then it cuts to kind of the other side of the story where there's these hunters in the woods and they're hunting what they think is just a large wolf well it turns out to be a werewolf and after it kills the humans while it's distracted by the humans the wolf pack tries to take it down because it doesn't belong in the woods the werewolf bites a wolf and instead of killing it, it it pulls itself away. And then whenever there's a full moon, it turns into a human. And so it turns it on its ear. It does a lot of social commentary about what belongs in nature, what belongs where. It's Peter David, so there's a lot of humor in it uh, as well. But it's a really well done story about what do we look for in nature? What do we look for in other places? As well as this odd sort of interesting romantic angle about um you know he encounters a woman and she becomes interested in him but then she realized she's overly domesticated because he's still an animal you know anytime he's not a human 
and so it's it's a really interesting book. Uh, when we had Peter David on the show, he talked about it's been optioned for a film uh, almost every time it comes available. Somebody options it, and the film's never been made, which is a real shame because you know the book itself I think came out in 1991 or 19 uh, late 80s even. However, uh, we still want Peter David to get that option money. Well, yeah, but I would love to see if you're looking, if, if you're a producer and for some reason listen to our show, hey, sponsor the hell out of us. But and let, B, us pitch, let us pitch you a movie or two. But B, once you do that, you need to check out Howling Mad. Uh, how it's not been a movie or a limited series or a Netflix series or something yet is, is a real shocker in a time when we're really looking for content of, with all these different uh, competing streaming issues. Peter David's stories are are they're human, they're witty, they're unique, and this one is probably it's one of my favorites just simply because it plays with the idea of we know what happens in werewolf mythology when a man is bit, but what happens if it's a wolf that's bit and then is forced to deal with being human? Um, so yeah, that's what I would would like to recommend. Again, breaking away from movies a little bit, we looked at comics, we looked at uh, a couple books. Check all of those out if you like werewolves. Sounds good. It's been more serious. And of course, we can't close this out without referencing the two most important forms of werewolves in music, both Werewolves of London by Warren Zvon and Clap for the Wolfman, which is not about Wolfman at all, but it mentions Wolfman. So we're going to count it because it does have Wolfman 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 Jack. That's right. This has been Bonehead Weekly. Share and subscribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs>